the story of Jesus walking on the water, more than a display of the miraculous, reveals how God reaches and transforms us, despite our fickle faith. In the name of the one who walks on the water. Amen. School is soon to be upon us, and I see a lot of people back from vacation. It's good to see you all here this morning. It's a bit surprising to me that the church and theologians or even the architects of our lectionary haven't adopted the custom of putting some kind of disclaimer on today's gospel reading, something like, warning, do not attempt walking on water at home. Or maybe like the fine print that appears along with many car commercials, walking on water occurs on a closed course, professional Christians only. (laughs) Or simply, good Christian people, remember your life jackets. Or maybe there ought to be something a bit like that liability waiver I sign every time I go to the pool at the community center. Something like this, this sounds very good. Christian living can be dangerous. I agree to indemnify and otherwise not hold God, Jesus, the Spirit, or my sisters and brothers in the church liable for any consequences, accidental or deliberate, that may arise from receiving the sacraments of transformation, proclaiming the gospel, or otherwise following after the teachings of Christ. Does that work for you? But then that would defeat the purpose of the story today, wouldn't it? For today's gospel is all about safety and liability whether 1st century or 21st century. And a startling message about where we are invited to go by Christ in our lives. Seems to me our boats are frequently our safety zones. The places we live and often work, the familiar and well-trod places of our lives. We know them like some of the disciples knew their own fishing boats Cracks and knots, the shape of the wooden boards, the way the boat leans, the feel of the rudder, and how it handles in various weather and water conditions. We know them, too, as crafts to get to the other side. Many of us treat the church like this. It's no accident this church building is shaped like so many, an upside-down boat. You're sitting in the nave, a word which is derived from the root of the word navy and navel. We show up here, many of us, expecting respite until Jesus returns to us, that this boat, or at least one very much like it, will carry us until we reach the other shore on this journey of life we've been sent. And then comes Christ walking on the water. Matthew's account of this gospel story bookends it with the miraculous and then worship. It seems to me that the author is emphasizing Jesus' divinity by showing him to do the impossible, as only the divine can. 
And the author wants us to know that this is a story about how God comes to us. To us in our safe boats, sometimes pushed out far from shore. That God comes to us, sometimes from the outside, walking on the water, and terrifies our neat and ordered worlds, even and especially when the wind is against us. The waves are high, and we're not sure we're going to make it. And then we, like Peter, the everyman of the New Testament, might be inspired enough or driven even to step out of our boat to dare the impossible, to look at the world through Christ's eyes and even try to be in it like Christ is, defying the gravity of despair and misfortune. Yet God gives us no disclaimers, no liability waiver, nor even a life jacket. Paul insists in today's reading from Romans that we are not in charge of our salvation. Even less so are we in charge of the salvation of others. Now, when was the last time you heard that in Marin County? This is Marin County, where we are told we can buy everything we need, including all the protection we want, and if we can't, well, sorry, go live someplace else. I'll share the dark joke a colleague tells about Tiburon, because we always like to talk about the other people on the other side of 101. The joke goes like this. I don't get to know my neighbors because I might have to sue them. (laughs) Now, of course, we're better than that here in Mill Valley, aren't we? Or are we? It's one of our elephants in the living room, isn't it? The unpleasant truth about our part of the world, even when it prides itself on believing so much in inclusion, well, it's inclusion as long as it's convenient for us. We live in a place where the private, well-kept boats are closely guarded, by threat of suit even, shielded from interference, guarded closely by walls of affluence. So we hold a radical teaching for our neighbors, if not ourselves, a gospel that makes us uncomfortable being Christian, that demands more of us often than we are comfortable giving, that invites us out of our boats. And we, like Peter, even as we step out, fear that we might drown in the sea of need that is all around. But this is precisely where we need to be trying to walk on the water and in need of grace. Because our boats, our carefully crafted and well-trimmed and sometimes well-endowed lives, cannot save us. And I have a hunch this is why you and I return again and again to the altar rail for the bread broken and the wine poured, the body and blood, the essence of what we call Christ Jesus. It's why we feel the challenge occasionally to brave the elements in stepping out of the boat and abandoning apparent safety for something greater, to take risks without the liability waivers, the risks for our God standing amongst the wind and the waves, amongst the creatures and people of creation.
Along these lines, I got up the courage a few weeks ago to step out of one of my favorite boats. I think it's one that may be some of your favorites, too. And I think its best name is probably called Perfectionism. Many of you know it. It's a favorite brand of boat in our part of the world. It's as though Marin County throws arms around us in a big bear hug and whispers lovingly in our ears, perfectionists, overachievers, workaholics, y'all come. Y'all come. Come to me and let's be perfect together. The Episcopal Church sign sometimes ought to read, the Episcopal Church welcomes perfectionists. We'll even ordain you. But that's probably best left as a topic for another day. The problem, as I'm sure you can imagine, is threefold. I'm not perfect, the world isn't perfect, and the church sure as heck isn't perfect, let me tell you. So this little boat of overly high expectations and perfectionism often leaves in its wake a hard nut of self-inflicted stress, resentment, disappointment, and sometimes anger. And all of that leaking out can be a problem for us and our relationships with the people we most deeply care about, not to mention our neighbors and strangers who come to us in need. So seeing that at long last in myself, I stepped out and I dared to walk in the water and I dared God to catch me. I was offered a referral to a men's group, all struggling with anger, some with addiction and some with overachievement. Most of them, it turns out, were there by court order, not the company I normally keep. In fact, I realized these were the sorts of guys I spent many years running away from or seriously avoiding. So what was I, a priest, doing in a group with those guys? It was a bit frightening. Maybe I was going crazy. Maybe I was sinking into the deep waters. But I told my story just the same, including the bit of growing up in a small Midwestern town, always the good boy, the insufferable teacher's pet. One of my teachers is here this morning. He can tell you all about that. The know-it-all, the nerd who didn't go out for sports, who took things much too seriously. And that, of course, meant that I was sometimes the target of bullying on the playground. I would get chucked like Joseph into a pit of fear by my big brothers. And then somebody interrupted me and said, and now you're in a room with the bullies. And that got me right in the gut. I had felt like I was sinking and then Christ had caught my hand. And what a healing moment it was. This was an opportunity for reconciliation that I had never imagined. But reconciliation I so badly needed to move forward. To be truly vulnerable with people with whom I never thought I could be vulnerable. To learn about the suffering behind the bullying and see it as my suffering too. And to welcome the healing of old hurts I often forgot. 
yet they were still working inside me, affecting my relationships and affecting my ability to step out when Christ was beckoning. So there we were together, a group of men stepping out of our boats, pushed even by our faults or the authorities in our lives, and reaching out to Christ and each other for help of learning the inner peace that comes when we recognize at long last that our boats, however well-crafted, cannot save us. And what we need to do most of all is to be crazy a little bit like Peter and step out. No life jacket, no disclaimers, no liability waivers, no threat of suits, and cry out for God when we begin to sink. That, my sisters and brothers in Christ, is where the life of faith for me begins anew. And the floor drops away from us and we begin to defy gravity. Where we step out of relying on whatever floats our boats and into the impossible work of transformation by relying on God's love for us and nothing else where we begin to learn about walking on the water, where only grace through the strong hands of Christ can hold us up. The tough news is that our faith, like Peter's, is far from perfect. But the good news is that Christ Jesus is always there to catch us anyway. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.